Rambam Mishnah Torah, as we get into our new book, Hilchos Shvuas, the Laws of Oaths, Perik Sheni, Chapter 2. In Chapter 1, we learn that there are four types of oath. One is called a Shvuas Bitui, I will, I won't, I did, I didn't. Shvuas Shov, either a false oath or an unnecessary oath. Shvuas Hapikodan, I don't have your candlestick. Shvuas Ha'edus, I swear I have nothing to say in testimony or speaking falsely in testimony. These are the four types of oaths in very general terms. So now, he says in chapter 2, paragraph 1, Echad Hanishba, one who swears, who takes an oath, Echad Miarba Minishvus Eila, one of the above mentioned four categories, Mipiatzme, if he initiates the oath on his own, he says, I swear, and so on. Or, or anyone who hears the oath uttered from someone else. And he says, Amen. We actually learned this from the biblical source of the story with the adulterous woman. The Kohen says the oath, and she says, Amen. And that counts. So that saying, Amen, when someone else recites the oath, is the same thing. Furthermore, even if an idolater or a Gentile, non-idolater, caused him to swear, which means verbalize the oath, a cotton or a minor, and he said, Amen. And in general terms, non-Jews cannot affect Jewish religious reality Minors cannot affect Jewish religious reality, but what they did is they verbalized it. And he said, Amen. Chayov, upon violation of this oath, he's culpable. And here comes a very important rule. Shekol Amen Achar Shvua, anyone who responds and says Amen to an oath, Kimetzi Shvua Mipiv, it's as if. He verbalized the oath from his own mouth. Amen is as good as you saying it. And one who responds and says, Amen. Or if somebody says, Dovor, some words, which is very similar to Amen, like Amen. He says, right on, like we used to say in the 60s. Right on, that's like Amen. As long as you don't inhale. For example, he said, Hain, yes. He's in French, he says, we. Oui. He's very French, he says, we, oui, we. Oui. Or I am obligated to maintain this oath. I accept this oath. Anything similar. In any language. Language is unimportant. Then he 
is as if he verbalized the oath with all of its details, bein malchus, whether to be culpable under certain conditions. For lashes, as we learned earlier under certain conditions, when warned by two witnesses and observed by two witnesses, it's possible under certain conditions. Bein carbon or under certain conditions, there's an obligation of a sacrifice. So therefore, what we know now is responding to someone else's oath is as serious and as severe and as obligating as stating the oath on one's own. Beis, echad anishba, one who swears, or that caused them to swear, achad, someone else caused them to swear, bashem hamiyuchad, using Hashem's name of, shem hamiyuchad is either yud and hey, and Vav and He, or Aleph, Dalit, Nud, Yud, Hashem, Adnai, and so on. Or all, or any of the other descriptive names that God is known by. For example, in our world, the Almighty. What does the Almighty mean? It means someone who is Almighty, but it talks to God. The One above. The Creator. For example, in Talmudic terms, he took an oath, he says, I swear by the one whose name is gracious, because God is described as as gracious, compassionate, I swear by the one who is called patient, mercy, uh, he doesn't, uh, he's very patient in his punishment and so on, long-tempered, or similar, in any other language, this is a 100% oath. So also if he uses the term not shvua oath, but Allah, Allah is another word for oath, the oror or curse, which is, Similar to an oath, all of the above are oaths. But who provided that? He must mention a name, referring to Hashem. Or a descriptive term. Ketzad, for example, if he said, be Allah with the oath, you'll be cursed to God, or to the one who is referred to as gracious, or compassionate, if anyone will eat this, and then he eats it, that's a false oath. You do have to insert the name of God. So also, one who says, an oath, in Hashem's name, or with the one whose name is gracious, that I will not eat sushi, the ochalani ate sushi. isha, or using the examples of earlier, the unnecessary or false oath, he swears this is a woman, and it turns out to be a man. I owe you nothing. I have no testimony. So he, he describes the four categories mentioned at the beginning of chapter 1. And he does no testimony. Then he's culpable. If he used the word Allah, or Shvua, which are words we mentioned above, in 
connotating oath, but but he did not mention the name of God, or a descriptive term of God. One thing is for sure, he's not allowed to do that which he swore not to do, but the technical application of lashes, there's no lashes because he didn't mention God's name. Maybe Carbon, there's no sacrifice if applicable. If he transgresses his oath, either has to have one of the special names of God, one of the seven names of God, a kinui, or a descriptive term, as mentioned above. Hey, not only an oath, but anything that refers to an oath, an idiom used to describe an oath, Kishwa is like an oath. Again, for example, that the people in a particular place were ilgim. Ilgim means they were not good at expressing themselves, they were inarticulate. And they used to refer to Shvua, instead of using the word Shvua, they said Shvusa or Shkuka, simply because their pronunciation or enunciation was flawed. I show you Aramim, or they were Aramim, using their language, it was Meimasa, and the inarticulate referred to it as Meha. It makes no difference. He says a word that represents the idea of oath. Being that he says something that represents and means oath. He's culpable. Just as if he used the word in Hebrew. And he says here in a very important note. That for that reason, when someone is called to take an oath in a secular court or similar, one should refuse. Instead of saying, I swear, which is included in this prohibition, one should say, I affirm. And I have been to court and I have been asked to take an oath. And I said, I choose to affirm instead of an oath. And the judge said, that's fine. So that is an allowance that is made in court because of this halacha. <coughs> you heard it here first. Okay. So also, if somebody says, lav, lav, no, no, stay pumping repetitively, which is the style of an oath in certain cultures. He says, yes, yes. And he mentions again the name of God, or a descriptive term of God. It's like an oath. If somebody uses the expression, by my right hand, that represents an oath. By my left arm, that's a shvua, that's an oath. Because there's a verse that says, God swore by his right hand and by the strength of his arm. I express that I will not do so and so. And he mentioned the name of God, a descriptive term. That's an oath. Zion 7, Almighty said, 
Isar Hashem, it is forbidden to God. Or instead of saying God, he said, to the one who is referred to as gracious, Sheesh said that I will do, Sheleas I won't do. Being that the expression he used was an expression connotating an oath, even though he said, Isar Hashem, it's forbidden. That's like an oath. Ches. Now, someone else, some, a man makes an oath, a person makes an oath, and his friend hears him doing that. Let's, let me do that correctly, because I did that incorrectly. His friend hears him swearing. And he says, Me too. I'm in. Being that he didn't actually verbalize an oath, and his friend didn't enter him into an oath where he could say, Amen. All he said is, Me too. Me too what? He's exempt from any ramifications. This Me too situation is called Matpis Bishwur. This is called appending to an oath. Shupater, where again, try your best to keep the commitment you made, but you're exempt from any of the ramifications. Test vechenim nishba. So also, if somebody swore shaleichal basazai, I will not eat this meat because of Omar. And then he said, and this bread is like this meat. He's exempt from the bread. Because he did not use the word oath to God on the bread, only on the meat. He appended. And here he says what I already said. He may be exempt from lashes. He may be exempt from sacrifice if it applies. But any appending situation is also prohibited from him eating it. You can't eat it because it's a commitment. Yud. Mishin is kavan If somebody intended an oath. And he decided in his heart, for example, that he's not going to eat today. He makes a commitment in his heart, I'm not going to eat today, that's it. He's not going to drink. Or he's not going to go to Starbucks today. And he forbade this and this with an oath. However, it was all in his heart. He did not verbalize it. That's fine. We don't do stuff in our heart. Shenemar, as it says, and this is an important law, levate bisfosayim, to verbally utter. Ein hanish b'chayim, one who swears is not culpable for violation of his oath. Atsheyetzi inyin shvur bisfosayim, until he verbalizes. You can't think an oath. I mean, you can think an oath, but you're not obligated by the stringency of the laws of oaths to keep the oath. You just have to do what you want to do. <laughs> if, you, if in your heart you say you don't want to go to Starbucks, then you can go to Coffee Bean. No problem. Here's another situation. Very interesting law. If somebody made a commitment in his heart to take an oath regarding something... He made a mistake, for example. He decided in his heart, he's going to take an oath, I'm never going to Starbucks again. And accidentally he said, I'm never going to Coffee Bean again. Silly me. 
This is fine. Because you've got to mean what you say, and you've got to say what you mean. It's not a game. For example, his intent is to swear he's not going to eat at his friend Reuben's house. But when it came to say it, that he's not going to eat at his friend Shimon's house. He meant Reuben, but said Shimon. Sometimes it happens when we think, but I am going to eat in Shimon's house. We say it wrong. We say, swear I'm not going to eat in Shimon's house instead of Reuben. It's not a problem. He may now eat in Reuben's house because he never verbalized, I swear by God, I will never eat in Reuben's house. He said Shimon. Shimon, But yet he may eat in Shimon's house because he didn't mean to say Shimon. He meant to say Reuben and he said Shimon. So you know what he has? Nada. He has no oath. And in my example, he can go to Starbucks and Coffee Bean. Other types of oaths. He's not culpable. He's not liable. Until his mouth is coordinated with his heart. You say what you want to say, not what comes out. You ever have conversation with people? They say something, you tell them you said it. They said, no, I didn't say it. These days you record everything. <laughs> Homeland Security, just play back the tape. People don't realize what they say. Because a lot of times, people think one thing and say another thing. If somebody takes an oath before us that he will not eat today, that's a serious oath. He says, I swear by God that I will not eat today. This is what he says. And then they warn him. They say, hey, mister, you just took an oath in God's name saying you're not going to eat. And he said, what are you talking about? I didn't say eat. I said, go, travel, go out. But tall it was an error of the lips. I said eat, but I didn't mean eat. I meant meat. There's no possible application of lashes. Unless when the witnesses warn him, you took an oath that you won't eat. He says, I don't care. I'm eating anyway. That means he knows and that means he thought about it. He accepts the warning. And he doesn't argue that he erred. Even though later he can argue, ain't shame and labor, don't listen to him. And he violated the oath with all of its ramifications. So if they warned him, and he said, I never swore to that. I never made a vow about this. And then when they testified that he did swear, another vow, Omar, he said, Yes, you're right, I said it. But my mouth and heart were not lined up. I didn't mean it. Or there was a condition in my heart for this vow. And shame and lay you don't listen to him, and he could be culpable for lashes. You'd give him 13. For example, and in the very beginning of the portion of Matos, we have the laws of vows. And we have a law that says that when a woman makes a vow in something that can affect her relationship with her husband, 
The husband has a right to nullify the vow. If they said to him, or your wife made a vow, something that affects you. And he said, The Torah says he can say, I object to the vow, and it's over, if it affects him. What if he says, I meant to object? And I objected in my heart. Shame and lay, you listen to him. If they say to him, she vowed. He says, what are you talking about? She didn't vow. But then they saw the witnesses testifying. Let's say she vowed never again to eat chocolate. And witnesses see her buying a big bar of chocolate, 72%. And uh, the witnesses say, hey, you vowed never to eat chocolate again. And the husband says, no, she didn't. So the witnesses come and say that she did. He said, no, I, I meant I meant to nullify her vow. And that's too little, too late. What if he decided in his heart that he's not going to have any wheat anymore? The nutritionist told him, wheat is very bad for you. Bleached. Ugh. So he makes a commitment in his heart, he's not eating wheat anymore. And he swore he's not having bread anymore. What kind of bread may he not have? Wheat. Because he meant wheat and he said bread. And wheat is bread. So it's all good. One who swore and said, I take an oath by the name of God that I will not eat today. Eat what? What's today? I rely upon you. You will decide what I shouldn't eat. You will decide what's today. The guy then cannot say, I meant I will not eat asparagus. That's what I had in my heart. Because when he made the oath, he did not have his own intentions in mind because he verbalized and said, I'm doing it by, with your intentions. And being that the people with whose intentions he swore, they were consistent, their heart and their mind, and they took his place. Their heart became his heart. He's culpable. He's liable. And the same goes for other oaths. And here comes a very important law. Law 16. Paragraph 16. Therefore, when the judge causes the witness to take an oath, when the judge caused the person in court to take an oath, they say, you're not taking an oath by what you have in your heart. You're taking an oath by what we say. It's not on your mind that this oath is coming down. It's on our mind. So the man cannot say, I meant something else. I thought something else. And so on. Yud Zayin Mishen Somebody took an oath. His mouth, his heart were all consistent. And then once the oath was over, the prohibition kicks in. He regretted it. Miyad immediately. What is considered 
immediately in halacha. There's a law which defines immediately. Beteich kedei dibur, within the space of normal speech. What's normal speech? In the time it takes to say something. What's something? So our sages determine that this time span is the length of time it takes a student to say to his teacher, Good morning, teacher. Shalom Alecha Rabbi. Peace upon you, my teacher. Others say, Shalom Alecha Rabbi Omori, my teacher and my master. But the Rambam brings down here, Shalom Alecha Rabbi. Peace upon you, or greetings to you, my teacher. The Omar, within that span, what is it, a few seconds? He said, Ein Zushua, never mind, change my mind, no oath. Or he says, I regret it. I changed my mind. Or similar. The gist of that message is that he wants to permit that which he forbade. That's permissible. And the oath is uprooted. Because making that declaration within the proper span of time is as if the whole oath was made under error. So also if others said to him, he's standing there, he's making an oath. He says, I will never again have cake. And people look at him and said, what are you, crazy? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make a declaration that you regret that. Come on. Everybody likes cake. I'm never going to have coffee again. Oh, or they'll tell you it's permissible. And he accepted what they said. He agreed. Within that period of time that it takes a student to say to his teacher, Good morning, teacher. Hello, teacher. And he said, Hain, yes, agreed. I retract. He's permissible to engage in the act which the oath forbade him to. However, if more than that time elapsed, which again is only a few seconds, he waits uh, 30 seconds, then he cannot retract it. What if he swore? And a second later, he retracted and regretted, but the retraction or the regret was in his heart. The oath was verbal, the retraction or the regret was in his heart, in his thought process. You can't retract or regret in your heart. Oaths are spoken. Retractions must be spoken. So also if others said, you better undo this, regret that, Retract. A mutalach, or it's permissible. A machalach, forgiven. In his heart, he accepted their words. Within the time span, but not verbally. It's worth nothing. If the oath is verbalized, the retraction must also be verbalized. End of chapter 2.